We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Here at Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures, we have a passion for special needs ministries. So it is with great excitement that we are pleased to welcome Pastor Kevin Thompson to our show. Kevin Thompson is not only an experienced counselor, author, speaker, and pastor of Community Bible Church in the greater Fort Smith area, but also, importantly, a husband and father who loves the Lord and has a huge heart for those with special needs. Kevin, we're so glad to have you on the show today. Well, Paul and Tabitha, thank you so much. It's, it's an honor to be with you. We are frequent visitors on your blog, kevinathompson.com. You've written a lot of helpful information on marriage, leadership, and parenting. And when it comes to the subject of parenting a child with special needs, especially, we've found your blogs to be one of the best. Um, Having a daughter with Down syndrome, you're definitely able to write with much compassion and good insight on this subject. So to start... Would you tell us about your sweet daughter, Ella? Be happy to. Um, you know, my wife and I uh, had been married for some time and got pregnant. And it was a completely uh, normal pregnancy. As a matter of fact, I actually remember the day the doctor walked in after some prenatal testing and said, well, everything came back clear. Your daughter does not have several things and Down syndrome was one of the things listed. And so we were a rare kind of false negative on some of that prenatal testing. Uh, The day came, uh, July 1st, 2005, in which Ella made her entrance. It took some time for her to get there. And uh, she was born. And I'll never forget whenever I brought my mom back uh, to visit. My mom was a school teacher for many years. I brought her into the room just shortly after the birth. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget kind of She's holding Ella and crying. And I'm, I, at the time, I was thinking, well, she's just so proud. Here's a grandchild and her son uh, you know, had a child and all these things. Later, I would actually find out that she already knew. Having taught school for so long, she was able to recognize the facial characteristics of Down syndrome. Uh, obviously, the nurses and the doctors knew, but, but it wasn't time for them to tell yet. Uh, there was an order in which that was supposed to happen, and the pediatrician is the one that actually delivers that news. And so um, <clears throat> several hours later, um, pediatrician came in. He's a friend of our family. He was my pediatrician growing up. Whenever he first came in on that Friday night, I thought it was a little unusual, but I thought to myself, he's probably just coming in because he wants to play golf tomorrow, and he didn't want to make hospital visits tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, as we were there, he finally cleared the room. And as soon as he cleared the room, I knew something was wrong. I've, I've, I'm a pastor. I've been in many hospital rooms. Uh, when the doctor asked for privacy, I, I knew something was up. And, and he began to speak very gently, very kindly, uh, going through and just pointing out everything that was good and right about Ella. And the whole time, I remember just sitting there thinking, all right, just get to it. I, I know it's coming. I know something is coming. I didn't know what. And uh, at that time, he, he finally said, it looks to me as though Ella has Down syndrome. 
And, and I grew up uh, next door to this pediatrician. He was my next door neighbor growing up, my <laughs> pediatrician. And across the street, a friend of ours, uh, that family had a, had a son with Down syndrome. And so that was my experience with what Down syndrome looked like. And, and in looking back, I am just so grateful for the gentleness, the care, the concern uh, in, in which that news was delivered to us. He, he did a brilliant job in pointing out the positives, the joy, the journey that we would be on. I've heard so many horror stories uh, from others of how that news was delivered. I'm just so grateful for our pediatrician and how he did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, he left the room. It was just me and Jenny, uh, and Ella was in there. And uh, I'll never forget, Jenny looked up to me with tears in her eyes. And uh, she said, well, this is never a road I would have expected to have gone down, but I'll bet we never regret going down it. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of her initial response and our initial viewpoint response that, okay, uh, God didn't ask us about this. He's chosen it for us. And yet if this is a road he has chosen, it will be a road that ultimately will be for our good and a road that we will be grateful to have gone down. And uh, here we are uh, almost 14 years later, and I, I can see just so many benefits and blessings uh, from Ella and uh, from from the path and the journey that, that we're on and, and things that we would have just never have known about ourselves, about God, about each other, uh, if it wasn't for her. Mm. What is uh, Down syndrome and how does it affect a person's life? Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously not a doctor. I'm a pastor, but, um, you know, the, in the, gen, in the simplest of forms, Down syndrome is, is a genetic condition. It's a, there is a third um, copy of the 21st chromosome. And uh, there, there are other trisomies that are out there. Some are, are much more uh, fatal. Obviously, Down syndrome is not one that is fatal. As a pastor, I've, I've buried uh, several children with different trisomies where there is a third copy of, of, other, of other chromosomes, but third copy of the 21st chromosome. And it has a comprehensive effect on a person's uh, experience. And so obviously many people know the facial differences that are there, a little bit rounded face, rounded eyes. Uh, some of the initial things that, that we noticed uh, with Ella was a large gap between her big toe and her next toe over a, a line in her palm of her hand. Uh, probably some of the, the most significant uh, consequences of Down syndrome is it does uh, limit the cognitive ability. And so uh, there's uh, a restriction that is there. And, um, and then there may, maybe there are other ways in which, um, it, it strengthens, uh, Ella as compared to us. I, I often say, I don't know how many chromosomes we will have in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are ways in which Ella is more right and more closer to God than I ever will be. And there are other ways in which I think the the condition of down syndrome does limit her. And, uh, and things that, that she experiences that, that are, are tragic, and I wish she didn't have to. And so uh, somewhere, somewhere maybe between us is how many chromosomes we will have. Uh, but I, I've often heard it explained as imagine if you, if you turned a stereo system up too loud. There comes a point where there is so much noise coming through that speaker system, it begins to distort in some way. And so that extra copy of that 21st chromosome begins to distort the information and it's in every cell in the body. And so there's nothing that, that goes untouched uh, by Down syndrome. It, it has an impact on every element of, of a person's life. So in living with Ella and just observing her life, 
Can you give us any examples of how her disability has changed you, your wife, your son? I, I think I, I think there's there's many uh, examples. Uh, I, I think I think more than anything, it, it just begins to give you a great deal of compassion and empathy uh, with with people in a variety of different settings that maybe you didn't have before. Um, you know, whenever whenever you're removed from uh, health conditions or other situations or circumstances, it, it's just nearly impossible to understand or to comprehend. And so this gives us some some semblance of understanding. By no means uh, can we fully understand what other people go through in different scenarios. But it does give us a, a glimpse. When, when life takes a turn that you didn't expect uh, or when there are challenges or, or heartbreaks uh, for your child that you didn't know coming or that you can't prevent, it assists in that way. I think about, uh, so I have a son. So Ella right now is, is 13, soon to be 14. Uh, her little brother is 11. And uh, watching him, um, he's very sensitive toward her, very protective. Uh, she, she transitioned to junior high this year. And uh, the, the family member that struggled the most with that was our son. Because they're they're now in different schools and he's not able to watch her and protect her and he worries about her and I often have to kind of calm him down to remind him that that's not his responsibility <laughs> that uh, that's that's our responsibility and so um, I, I can just see an impact across the board not and not only in our family uh, but then in our church community as well um, you know when Ella was born obviously I'm on stage every week in front of fifteen sixteen hundred people. And um, the, the congregation was living the pregnancy along with us. Mm. And so when Ella was born, she was born into a community, not just a family, but also a community of people that loved her. And, uh, and, and to see the impact that she's had there as people have come to a greater understanding of, of what needs are there and what her desires are. And, and I often make the statement that, that what Ella wants is what everybody wants. She wants to be loved and included and to have a place and, uh, to have friends. And, and so it's given them an understanding and an empathy uh, toward people that maybe look different than them to, to find the common ground that is there and not to define people so much by, by a disability or by a difference, uh, but instead to, to define people uh, by how God created them and, and the value that we have just in our shared humanity, because that, that humanity comes from the very creative fingertips of God. Wow. That's great. March 21st is World Down Syndrome Day. Do you know what that's about? Yes, the the third month, uh, the 21st day of the third month every year uh, since Down Syndrome is a triplicate, is a is a third replication of the 21st chromosome. Mm -hmm. uh, various groups, National Down Syndrome Committees, have, have set aside that day as, as a day for Down Syndrome awareness, to, to make people aware of, of the community of Down syndrome, and then also to remove some of the stigmatism. And you think about how far we've come uh, from that concept. I remember as a little kid, uh, so, I mean, some of the first maybe actors on TV uh, having Down syndrome to begin to humanize uh, that, that name and that condition mm -hmm. and, and show the, the similarities and the goals and the strengths that are there. You know, there was a time, probably about the time I was born, uh, the norm was to to take a child and to put them in a home, to separate them from the family. Mm -hmm. uh, the life expectancy at the time was not very much at all. 
And yet we've, we've just come a long way in that area. And so the recognition and the awareness has uh, strengthened uh, individuals with Down syndrome in, in a mighty way. And yet it's still very necessary uh, to raise that awareness. I remember as a kid, as a, as a young adult, it wasn't uncommon at all um, for somebody to use the R word, retarded, mm. as, as a cut down, as slang, uh, as something thrown around on the school playgrounds all the time. Right. Um, well, you know what? That that's that's not an appropriate term. That that's using my daughter uh, as a cut down, and uh, and there's still awareness that needs to be done uh, to eradicate that language. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's other areas in which people need to understand the the goals and the hopes and the dreams of of people with with various disabilities, but but Down syndrome specifically. And so that day is a day where we can highlight. Uh, the joys and the strengths and the struggles of the community of, of individuals with Down syndrome and, and hopefully find ways uh, to better include them, uh, to better equip them uh, to live meaningful lives and to also learn and grow from them ourselves. In the area of awareness, do you believe that we as the body of Christ still need awareness? And if we do, then what are the practical steps we could take not only to better understand this disability, but also to be a better encourager to our friends with Down syndrome. I have no doubt that, that the church itself still has a, a great place to grow in, in this area. You look at, at disability at large, and you can see one of the greatest unchurched groups in America are, are families uh, that are impacted in some way with physical or cognitive disabilities. And, and so I, I think we can always learn and grow more, better understand, uh, and not just to to learn about people, but actually to learn from people, uh, to get, understand their experience and, and what's going on. And I think the church, uh, at, at times, at the times, the church uh, is more advanced, is more benefits more, um, because we believe in the sovereignty of God, his power, his control, no accidents, uh, his plan, his purpose, that gives us a, a, a better eye uh, for people who struggle. At the same time, there are other ways in which maybe the church is still lagging behind, uh, maybe because we're uncomfortable at times with people that are different than us, maybe because we're uncomfortable at times with suffering and sorrow, and we can distance ourselves from that. And so I have no doubt uh, the necessity for awareness. Uh, but it's not just a day. Uh, I think it is relationships with people, with families, with individuals, um, and, and I think we can all grow. And the more, the more diverse our community is, uh, I think the better our understanding becomes of the human experience. I think we, we grow in a great deal of danger whenever we create these kind of monolithic communities, uh, because then we think we know about others, but we don't. And, and there's a great danger that comes within that. And so even, even within the last 48 hours, uh, my wife posted online a conversation between her and my daughter, and to hear the feedback from that, in which Ella was simply asking, uh, what's heaven going to be like? And in heaven, in heaven will I be able to hear? Because here on earth, she has hearing aids, and she struggles to hear. In the last few weeks, she's had an ear infection, and so she hadn't been able to wear her hearing aids, and the difficulty of school and how that makes her feel different. She asked the question, in heaven will I have Down syndrome? 
And so just that awareness that that she feels different at times and what will that be like? Just by posting that conversation, it brought insight to people who who love us greatly and love Ella greatly, uh, but they don't understand. And there's no way for them to understand uh, right. without Ella teaching um, what the true experience is and what the fears are. If, if we're not very careful, we can look on the outside in. And you can look at the Instagram pictures, and, and Ella has a cooking show, the Ella Life that's on YouTube. And uh, you, can, you can look at all the things that, that we, as loving parents, post, and you can write the story. Well, there's just no sorrow there whatsoever. Uh, but the human experience is full of sorrow, and that's true of, of individuals with and without Down syndrome. And so um, the awareness is something that continually has to happen and to grow. If, if I'm still learning nearly every day, of what it's like uh, to be near a person with Down syndrome or with a disability, uh, then obviously somebody who doesn't live that every day uh, has probably an even greater need uh, to have that awareness and understanding. So, so there's no question for me that it's still an important aspect. With that misunderstanding, we hear of a lot of countries who are boasting on, quote, eradicating or nearly eradicating Down syndrome. For any couples considering the possibility of abortion due to a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome, would you have any advice? Yes, and, and I don't I don't want to sound cold by any means. I want to be empathetic. Uh, that was not our experience where we had a prenatal diagnosis. Um, you know, our our uh, my wife's gynecologist obstetrician was was very apologetic for having not picked it up. Uh, and I think maybe in part to prepare us or, or maybe even to give us an option. And, and we we did the best we could after Ella was born to reassure him um, that he did. He, he was great. He was loving and kind. He did everything he was supposed to be and do. And, and even had we known, we would have gone forward exactly as we did. And so he didn't he didn't rob us of anything. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, it might have been better uh, because we just had an easy pregnancy and and didn't have to have any worries or concerns beforehand. My encouragement to a couple who maybe is in that boat is, is one, it is, it is fair to grieve. It is fair to mourn. There's, there's an expectation that you have of something you long for, something you wanted, and, and this, is a, this is a different road. And so don't be shamed in any way in thinking that you can't grieve that or mourn that, that it's inappropriate. It's not. At the same time, have the humility to recognize that you don't necessarily know what's best. We have our ideas of what that looks like, but we, we can't fully know. And so often some of the best aspects of life come down roads that we never expected to travel down. And so trust God in the situation and within this circumstance. I can assure you that having a child with Down syndrome does have some unique challenges, but it is far more like any other aspect of parenting than it is different. And yet it will have within it some blessings uh, that you can never experience on your own. And, and for me, I, I think the truth is simply this. We cannot fully know God uh, apart from being around people that are different than us. And, uh, and Ella has taught me more about God maybe than a lot of other things and a lot of other people and places. And so within that, just trust God that if this is the road he has chosen for you to go down, uh, you can travel. It won't be perfect. It won't always be easy. Uh, but I can assure you it won't be nearly as difficult as maybe you can build up in your head and thinking that it might be. And uh, so just just humble yourself in knowing that you don't necessarily know what's best. 
That was great advice. You've made a good point there. I think it's such a beautiful thing to be in the hands of a sovereign God who never, ever makes a mistake. There's no such thing as a wrongful birth or something that's out of his control. Are there any specific passages that resonate with you about um, the value that our Lord places on every life? Yeah, you know, a, a few things come to mind. Um, you, you know, the story of the blind man in John 9, in, in which the, the teachers of the law are asking Jesus who sinned that this occurred, that this happened. And and Jesus basically said, this is not the result necessarily of specific sin of an individual. This was done so so God might be glorified. Yeah. That to, That to me begins to show that illness, sickness, disability, differences— um, are, are, are not punishments. Uh, instead, they are a part of, of God's plan in, in which he's going to transform us and uh, make his name glorified. I, I'm, I, I'm always impressed in, in John 5 where, where Jesus is walking, I think it's on the Sabbath, into the temple, and, and he sees the, the lame beggar at the side. And what strikes me is how the text talks about Jesus sees him. And, and I think that that shows so much value that here was this man who, who probably spent his entire life laying outside one of the temple gates begging, and every single day was walked by people who never saw him. And yet here is the creator of the universe, Jesus, who sees him. And, uh, and, and with all the things that could have caught the eyes of Jesus, he sees the man laying there in the midst of a disability that always strikes me. Maybe one of my favorite verses uh, is in, in Matthew 12, in which it's, it's said about Jesus, a quote from Isaiah, uh, in which it talks about a, a bruised reed he will not break. Mm -hmm. and, and what always comes to my mind with that passage is that, that in every area of life, we live in a capitalistic society, in every area of life, there's a concept of supply and demand. And so as long as the supply is high and the demand is low, something doesn't have much value. Right. But when the supply is low and the demand is high, something has an extreme amount of value. And if we're not very careful, we can begin to apply that to people. And we can define people's values based on what they can produce, what they can bring to the community. And so we might think that a Bill Gates is much more valuable um, than – a, a, a single mom that's unknown by everybody else in the world. But that's not true in the kingdom of God. Right. Instead, a bruised reed. So the idea is, is, uh, is all these reeds along a riverbank. There's thousands, there's millions, there's, there's more than you can ever even imagine. And so if one is bruised, you can easily just break it and throw it away because you have all these other reeds you can use. Hmm. And yet in, in the eyes of God, um, humanity has a value no matter who we are. And so you, you think about it, if humanity was near the – on the edge of, of extinction and a woman was pregnant and this was the only possibility of life, we would protect and guard uh, that fetus, that embryo, that baby with all that we've got because our, our very livelihood would depend upon it. Right. And yet because we live in a world in which there's a bunch of people, we devalue um, that child. Uh, because we live in a world where there's a bunch of people, we devalue people with disabilities. Uh, but not so in the kingdom of God. And, and so in the same way that 
that Jesus would not break a bruised reed and throw it away because there are so many. Uh, so he does not throw away individuals. Uh, uh, abundance uh, does not determine the value of an individual's soul. And, and so I think about that in the eyes of my daughter. I think about that as I think about myself in, in God's eyes, that I'm not uh, dictated or determined or valued by what I can produce. I'm valued by the one who produced me. Amen. As you uh, mentioned, you, with your experience with Ella, you see God more so and, and see it with a little bit different perspective. Could you kind of give us one attribute of God that kind of stood out uh, through that kind of example with Ella? Well, you know, Ella, Ella being a firstborn, I can't, I can't separate Ella and, and her experience with Down syndrome from just the idea of becoming a father. And so I think, I think every believer man in that moment connects with fatherhood and, and the fatherhood of God, probably in the same way that as a woman becomes a mother, she begins to understand the care and concern and compassion of God, maybe in a way that she had before. And so, so I can't separate those two. And, and I often remind myself, you know, there are things that I know that Ellis simply doesn't know yet. And there are things that, that she just has to trust me. Uh, I remember whenever she was maybe four or five, we moved into a house that had an upstairs. And so for the first time she was sleeping upstairs. And one of our first tasks was to, I had to teach her to navigate the steps. Mm-hmm. And so we would get at the tops of the top of the steps and I would tell her to hold my hand. And then we would walk down the steps. And I was trying to just plead with her the importance of holding on that if you hold on, it'll be a much safer trip. Right. right. But it's interesting as I watched how, how she was holding my hand, she was holding my hand and, and she had a responsibility. She, she could let go if she wanted to, but even if she did let go, my hand was big enough. And the way I was holding on to her, I wasn't going to let go. And, and so she was safe, whether she held on or not, she just didn't know it. I was trying to teach her to hold on to me, to depend upon me, to have that kind of humility. I, I think in so many ways, that's the way it works with us and God. He, he wants us to hold on to him. But the reality is my life is not defined by my ability to hold on to God. It's defined by his ability to hold on to me. Mm-hmm. And, and God is never going to let me go. And so within that fatherhood concept of God, I also really begin to lean on the, the idea of God is sovereign. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan that's far bigger and far greater uh, than me and my family and my child and my life. And yet – uh, the bigness of that plan does not desensitize him uh, to me or to her. Instead, his love is is far greater than I can ever even begin to comprehend. And as big of a gap as there is between me and Ella, uh, just because of time and experience and age, uh, there's a far bigger gap between me and God. And what I need to do is to trust trust his sovereignty and to hold his hand as I walk through this life. That's a beautiful picture, yeah. Well, Pastor Thompson, it was great having you on the show. Thank you so much for your ministry and for being an advocate for those with special needs. You've given us a lot of good advice and practical ideas to apply. Well, it's an honor to have been with you, and thank you so much for y'all's willingness to to use your story and use your experience with God. And uh, I just pray that he will continue to, to bless your ministry in the midst of it. 
Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.